0: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the tap-out job, which is episode two, season two of Leverage, which I think I mistakenly called the knockout job in the last episode with Lisa. (laughs) And I have a new special guest co-host. This is Holly. Say hi, Holly.
1: Yay. Hello. Uh,
0: Holly is my college roommate and best friend. I was her maid of honor. (laughs) i know i'm very special okay so holly first when we before we start off we we were not living together anymore when leverage came out so we didn't get to watch leverage together it was I one know. of the few shows i feel we haven't watched together
1: i know <laughs> well, and i was just thinking podcasts were not a thing 10 years ago when we were in college and if they were I feel like we would have been really famous by now
0: because we would
1: have already had our very own podcast based on I don't know what eight
0: it would have been Cardinals baseball different
1: um it would have been it
0: would have been about the 06 World Series oh
1: that would (laughs) have been a big
0: one yes because we were convinced we would we should start our own um women run baseball commentary (laughs) baseball commentary Yes, and you would talk about actual stats and baseball things, and I would talk about how cute the players were and um, how tight their peach should be. i putting it mildly. Like, how cute
1: they were! You got very specific. Oh.
0: Yes, well, of oh, course. Uh, um, about
1: the baseball
0: player. <laughs> any listener of this podcast knows how detailed I can get. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, I. You gotta admire. You know,
1: things. Yes. I will point out,
0: it's not from St. Louis but it's still a Cardinals fan I am um, I'm easily That's influenced it. is what it, <laughs> it's what it is but I'm also an Astros fan so don't That's come okay. for me, Houston people
1: you're from there
0: yes, and we no longer play in the same league so it's totally fine
1: it's, Moving much, better
0: on. <laughs> it's much better, yes so uh, the tap out job aired on July 22nd Two thousand nine. It was written by Albert Kim, who also wrote the first season episodes The Stork Job and The Snow Job, which are, I think, two of the best episodes in the first season. And it was directed by Mark Raskin. And I didn't look at what else Mark Raskin has done. Sorry. His name's familiar. It is! Let's look it up really, really fast. Probably
1: worked with Dean Devlin before. Their style's pretty distinctive.
0: Yeah, they, like... They meld together pretty well. Okay. Oh, he just did um well he's a producer on Bad Certain with Dean Devlin. He worked on The Librarian 3, The Curse of the Judas Chalice, The Librarian (laughs) Turned to King Solomon's Minds. He was an executive producer on these things. So yeah, all three of the librarians Um but those were those were his executive producers. And we love here on Let's Go Steal a podcast, we are very pro the librarian movies. Because yes. they are John Rogers and Dean Devlin and um, all the people who made the show, and, well, and Christian also Cain. I'm a librarian and Christian Kane. I kept
1: getting mad. Well, he's not in the movies, but when they didn't allow him, Christian Kane, to do fight choreography, <laughs> which we can talk about obviously, because this episode we're gonna talk a lot about.
0: about... Yeah.
1: Well, and he does his own stunts, which is impressive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really important in this episode.
1: I kept waiting and waiting. <laughs> And the librarians, and they get they get through what like a whole season. Anyway, it's not important. But I was no. like, "That's his thing."
0: And Why I, not doing the thing? I know. Um, I've never seen the librarians, but okay. So Mark Roskin, before he did 19 episodes of *Leverage*, I guess an episode of *The New Dallas*, *Covert okay. Affairs*, for Notice*. Okay, *Graceland*, shows. *Sleepy Hollow*. And they'll add a bunch, twelve episodes of the Librarians. So
1: I've seen a bunch of them.
0: lots of Dean Devlin-y things. Yes, John Rogersy things. Uh. So, in this episode, the gang decides to help an injured MMA fighter and his father, but they're not able to anticipate small-town Midwest relationships, which leads to the unraveling of their con.
1: Okay. Ugh.
0: Yeah. So we start out with this fight night, and I. I'm so excited for you to be on this with me, but also I'm like, why? Why this episode? Like, <laughs> fate, why did you. Holly and I, I don't care so much about I MMA like fights. I should
1: make this statement already is that I am almost what amounts to a pacifist. I mean, not like completely, but I am not a fan
0: of gratuitous this. violence.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um,
1: even, like, I like action movies and martial arts movies. I feel like that's even a little bit more distancing than this was. This was a little bit more gritty and kind of in your face. And it was meant to be, like, mm-hmm. get that. There's the whole Elliot storyline. He talks about why the guys fight, which I thought was kind of a whole vein of... You know, they're trying to develop Elliot's character, and I love his character. I think it's great that they try to make him more dimensional, but at the same time, I didn't necessarily buy it. Oh, okay. Because, not that that he wouldn't be that way, but his reasonings that he talks about, about how they do it for the control, and I don't know.
0: Uh, Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting point, Uh, because honestly, I don't really see a lot of, I don't know, the appeal of MMA fighting. I mean, I guess, like, professional wrestling is, like, testosterone-fueled soap operas, so it's acting, and it's overacting, and it's just being, like, really dramatic, but... And and that doesn't really appeal to me because in general yeah. soap operas don't appeal to me. But I, I the you know, the farce and the spectacle of it is understandable. But then MMA fighting is is really it's like intimate. Like you know these people are really hurting each other and it's scary and I don't it doesn't appeal to me. And I'm someone who also loves action movies and I feel like I'm pretty inured to to violence, you know, I'm pretty used to it and yeah. It just doesn't phase me. Until I see MMA, see? I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's more slick and, and not real in the movies.
1: The difference between seeing, um, like, when you've seen fights in movies and TV, and you're kind of like, okay, or you're like, yeah. And then, like, you saw, I remember in high school when fights would break
0: out, and I was like, oh my god, I don't like this at all. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is, there's an element of real reality to it
1: which i felt like the episode was trying to tap into like one of my first notes as i was watching it that i was like ah, it's like the roman coliseum this is not a new thing though
0: yeah it's it does seem a like a like a universal timeless i mean in the coliseum they were forcing people to fight and this is kind of couched in the we need to fight to have some control over our lives and to feel empowered um but yeah no i think humans doing violence to each other for sport is something that's been around a very long is not going anywhere
1: no and i think it's very maybe telling <laughs> the uh, the bad guy in this uh, i forgot his, i forget his real name um but his character's name is Rucker. <laughs> Jed Rucker. I was like, did they make his name rhyme with what it rhymes on
0: purpose? <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> it
1: was all I could think about because
0: I was like, um, I think, think his name is Brian Kirk. Goodman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's oh. so funny. Well, I'm always now, to me, Jed is Jed Bartlett from the West Wing. Oh. And so if that has a positive it's connotation Jed. to me now, um,
1: well, and I just kept thinking, poor oh, is dead. Well, that's oh, Jud.
0: It's Jud.
1: I know, but I always hear Jed.
0: <laughs>
1: Plus, he's a jerk, and I think that's just where my mind went. <laughs> These
0: nasty characters. I'm like, oh, well, wow. then who's um, if he's Jud, Jed is Jud. Who Curly? is? is that what you mean? Curly. Yeah, who's
1: Curly? I don't know.
0: Is it Nate or is Always. <laughs> well, no, but in this. In in what in, in, sorry in leverage in this episode, if Jed Rucker oh. is Judd. Who's Curly? Is it Elliot? Elliot, or is it Nate? Uh, it's
1: kind of both, isn't it? Yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> she called it. Sophie
1: called it um, uh, cockfighting. Which?
0: Yeah, she compares um, it to cockfighting.
1: Like. That <coughs> taps into what we were talking about before. Like that, I think you feel like that discomfort watching mm-hmm. it. But we're by no means in the majority of that. A lot of people enjoy watching people beat their crap out of each other. It always has.
0: Yeah, I think the parts of this episode that scared me the most um, were not precisely the. Looking into the ring and seeing, you know, the the victim at the beginning, um, Mark or Elliot, being having the crap beaten out of them, but it was the the shots that panned the audience, yeah, and just seeing like the bloodthirsty kind of mob mentality. So it bothers me less that grown men want to become skilled in different martial arts and then hurt each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that that bothers me less than. The way that people well, react
1: to that, because martial arts is about a lot more than fighting.
0: Yeah. So I'm just like seeing like people are like, yeah, kill him. I'm like, oh gosh. And it's so easy for people to revert to that kind of mob mentality and that like lizard brain. <laughs> you know. Well,
1: and I felt like they play with that whole <laughs> thing too because they have Elliot teaching. Parker, take hard to sit down. It's just, just
0: I love Parker. And he's obviously been training her. I love moments like that where you, yes. you, it, it tells you that these people hang out all the time. You know when, oh when you know when Parker's like, oh, when she has to act human around people during a con, and she's like, did yes. I do right? And I'm like, yeah, you did exactly like I told you. And then yes. so it's obvious that. that you know these people are interacting and and they're all training hard or parker to be a human being <laughs> and interact I with human beings
1: i always thought that elliot and parker like i'm like can they have like a web series where it's just parker and elliot talking to each other <laughs> one of my favorite bits they don't do in this but one of my favorite bits is when he points at her and he goes there's something wrong with you
0: yeah <laughs> It's like yeah. my favorite. It's ten pounds of crazy in a five pound bag or whatever. Yes. Yes. Any, any scene where Hardis, or Elliot's just like flabbergasted at how she acts. I love yes. that. Which is great because I also wanted um, in the first episode I, or the second episode, I wanted uh, an, a web series in between of like what Nate and Hardison were doing in between while they were setting up all of the Leverage headquarters. Because they were obviously working together to get this all set up, and I just, I wanted to see that relationship. <laughs> and Nate's just, you know, steadily drinking, and Hardison's like, oh, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint this picture of you as an old man, Nate. <laughs> but did you know that Aldous
1: Hodge, who plays Hardison, is a painter?
0: Yeah, he's also makes watches. Yes. He's like a renaissance man. I love it. I love and and show. he recently performed with an orchestra he either played or he what? i think he played well, i want to say he the played or he,
1: he, plays the violin. he plays the
0: violin and that's why i want to say it was the violin but i maybe it wasn't and that's why i want to say it he either did that or he conducted he did something with an orchestra and i'm like what's You can do everything. I love you so much.
1: He's crazy talented. He is crazy. There was one cool thing. Hmm. This is something that I was like, ooh, I know what that is. (laughs) They do in the scene where Nate is talking to uh, the guy who's got beaten up. The fighter his dad yeah they're sitting there and it's raining outside they do that effect where you see the reflection of the rain outside and it's like coming down his face mm-hmm. that is an old film noir technique
0: oh kind of like cross lighting
1: dean devlin loves film noir like you've seen there's at least one episode In librarians, I'm not sure if it happens in leverage, but where they do a film noir whole like episode,
0: they don't do one in leverage, but there, I mean, there are so many aspects to leverage that are very much a nod to film noir. Yes, you know, just the fact that you've got like a victim coming to see you, you know, she might not be a leggy blonde, but
1: sometimes they end up being the bad guy,
0: exactly. Yes, yeah, I never noticed those
1: things before. Um, when I was watching it But now that you say that as a whole You can see them kind of throughout the whole thing And I don't I think I think of Leverage as more of a fun Action type thing So to see it kind of tap into artistic things Even though it's More of the Kind of shoot 'em up style I think that's mm-hmm. really cool when they combine Those two things Yeah I, I love or, the,
0: the layers that the show has
1: There are definitely a lot um,
0: Hang on, should we go back and go through the, the storyline really quick? I'm sorry <laughs> No, you're good, you're good I love this um, Okay, so we've kind of mentioned So the, the episode starts with a fight night And we see that our our victim, whose name is Mark Haworth And he's doing really well And he's being cheered on by his dad And it's all wonderful Until so he starts to get all woozy and can't defend himself And then the other guy, who we learn is named Tank Uh, then beats the crap out of him and like won't stop won't stop beating him up you know then he we find out he's he has to go to the hospital and the doctors say that he'll never he'll never be able to fight again and the only reason they can and this kid is a good kid he left his his, uh, wrestling scholarship at college to come home and help out the family after his dad got um, downsized out of a job at the plant and he's just struggling he pours asphalt during the day and then trains all night and just did not deserve to have this happen to him but it was because jed rucker who was his manager wanted him to throw the fight and he refused to do that because there was a five thousand dollar check and also i imagine because he's an honorable person and wouldn't do that yeah so for poor mark haworth um he's out he's not gonna fight again ever uh, actually, the guy playing Tank, his name's Matt The Law, Lindland, and he was a high school wrestling champ, an Olympic silver medalist, and a retired pro MMA fighter, and he owns yes. a gym in Portland, and he, um, I was looking at his Wikipedia page, he ran for and I think won the primary for something the year before this episode came out. I, I don't think that he won the actual election but he was he ran for some well, oh I have his page open. He me. and
1: one other guy that Elliot fights.
0: All um, of the I think all of the guys cool. that he fights in the um in the gauntlet out in the parking lot, um, they're all actual fighters. And the yeah, the last guy that he takes out was like a pro MMA fighter.
1: That Christian is just like friends with.
0: <laughs> right he they said he was so excited to do an MMA episode that he was like oh I gotta go train and then they didn't see him for two weeks because he was just in the gym
1: <laughs> yeah he went and did like little M- MMA boot camp kind of and for some reason he's so convincing at the physical fighting choreography that he does which is a skill by itself mm-hmm. I for years thought he had like a black belt
0: <laughs>
1: and was like Super into martial arts, and
0: apparently you, he has no. You thought he was anything. Chuck Norris, basically. That yeah. he's just a good actor, <laughs> a really physical dude. Yes, he's very yeah.
1: aesthetically intelligent. So there we
0: go. He's smart with his body, as we would say. <laughs> 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 he's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: so inappropriate. Yes. Really
0: yes. Explain that story. So, no. We don't need to. It's fine. It's very smart with his body. Everyone knows. We, are, we don't have to say what that means. Everyone knows what that means. And if they don't, they can make it up in their heads. And then will probably be doing me, me Because I like to talk about the different intelligence types. Yes. So but I'd rather talk about how Christian Kane is smart with his body. Um, <laughs> so, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the dad, Jack, I think his name is Jack, shows up to ex- you know talk to Nate and get his help. And Nate is down. Let's take out this guy. We haven't we haven't been to Nebraska before. Let's stick around. Nebraska is a, is a whole weird thing for, oh. for. Just Sophie. Sophie, I think Sophie and Hardison have the hardest time in Nebraska.
1: Two, Parker loves it so much. Did you notice Parker? <laughs> in the whole
0: episode. Parker's wearing. A Nebraska baseball cap. Yes. She's like embrace the pork crimes She poor then she has uh, an I heart Nebraska shirt and a yes. corn dog. Corn dog.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's all down. Yes. She's she likes to acclimate, I guess. I don't know. And she, she's wearing that I heart Nebra- shirt. She's wearing like this weird. I guess it's like a purse, but she's like has it over her arms, and it looks like a gun holster. I was like, why is she wearing a police gun holster? Like the oh, shoulder I ones? It
1: was like her climbing gear. Because Parker's always got her some climbing gear when she climbs buildings.
0: Climbing gear in it, but she like on my third rewatch, I noticed she like turns, and you can see there, like under kind of along her back, the strap, there's like a little purse. I have no
1: idea.
0: And it's just like it was like a long leather. You For know, lock straps, picks? but she just put it around her arms.
1: Lockpicks, weirdo. So she can steal stuff.
0: Could be, yeah. I mean, you you gotta have your gear on you. It's just the weirdest accessory and way to do that. And her her yellow t shirt and her leather pants. <laughs> but she we're not would very. Rock concert, That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. No,
1: no, no. So, and did you notice that the director of the show later has the required ponytail?
0: Oh my god! That guy was such a douche. Yes. Which Sorry. you have? They, no. they? Which they said they have to do um, when they're gonna screw somebody over who's not technically a part of the con? They have like thirty seconds uh, in which to make it apparent to the audience that this person is an asshole and should be screwed over. Yeah, but you don't feel bad for them.
1: That's that's true.
0: And they did a really good job. They did. What did he call him? Howdy doody or hee haw? He called he called Nate hee haw, which is hee-haw. lovely. Well, so,
1: I have I have a whole lot of commentary just on the way they tr- they treated <laughs> Nebraskans Midwesterners. I'm,
0: I have- I was excited about talking with you about Midwesterners. Because you are one.
1: I am. And I want to talk about it. Do we need to keep going on?
0: Um, we yeah, let's go really quick and then we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that part because it's not too far in. Uh, we already talked. So, so Rucker owns this gym and he trains, represents, promotes, and hosts fights, uh, taking a cut every step of the way. So he's doing pretty well financially. Uh, all of the videos are online and that's how they they kind of find out about about him, because he doesn't have a TV deal, which is how they're going to they're going to get to him. And then, as we said earlier, Sophie compares MMA fighting to cockfighting, and then Ellie <laughs> shows her using partisan and Parker, uh, which is hilarious. Except like Parker won't let partisan go. He's like trying to tap out, and they said. Uh, the, when they were doing research on the different fights and the holds and stuff, uh, Albert Kim and Mark Roskin, uh, the guy who played Tank, uh, Lin-Lin, he demonstrated on them that hold, and Ooh. he said they he put he must have put like a tenth of the amount of pressure he could have put on us, and I had a headache the rest of the day. Oh, it man. was so bad.
1: Because <laughs> it's depriving your brain of oxygen. Yeah, it's
0: like blocking so off your carotid of artery. Now you're doing
1: that as your career. Yeah. I yes. The whole premise of the victim in this, to me, I mean if you want to talk about like current event things, not that you and I know a lot about MMA fighting, but in terms of career based things where your body is getting a beating constantly and it's affecting you. Um, it reminded me of the movie Concussion with Will Smith Mm -hmm. where they talk about Um, The rise, really not the rise, but finally the discovery of the link between the amount of concussions you get and things like Parkinson's disease and the neurological damage that happens. And, you know, we both went to, to college in Texas together. You know, I like football as much as the next person, but I can't watch it anymore. And I think that's one of the issues I was having while I was watching this episode, too. It's just watching them kill themselves. It's like, oh, painful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is scary. Yeah. And, you know, I don't like football at all, so. It's <laughs> like. Yeah, of course. Having your head hit repeatedly over and over again, which is well, what it repeatedly means, especially but it's going the to be little
1: ones. Like when yeah. the guys, you know, you grow up in a culture like Nebraska and Texas and the Deep South, yeah, where you start peewee football at age five or younger. I mm-hmm. mean, the amount of concussions that your body takes. Yeah, starting that young. It definitely. I think we're right to feel uncomfortable with certain things like that. Mm-hmm. Which, by no means, means any disrespect to people who, like, this is their job, or, you know, like Elliot was trying throughout the whole episode to convince Sophie there's redeeming qualities in it, and he, you know, he was very much trying to paint a picture of these guys as having a noble calling in what they do, or at the very least, just to explain it to her.
0: hmm Um... But, but even he, at the end of one of his arguments, had to say, "Has to say, yeah, it's two guys beating the crap out of each other."
1: Yeah, he did, and I was like, "Okay."
0: <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging that it is that too. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, no, Again, just no, that's good. That's yeah. good. No, that's what this is about. So I think, you know, n- serious topics aside, uh, that scene where they're they're fighting, I love that. Nate is just sitting on the couch, just. <laughs> plotting and they're all fighting in the back and Sophie's like oh, oh 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 that looks like that hurts and uh and it just it really it seems like that really plays into the whole this is this is a family kind of thing and like yeah. Nate's the dad who just ignores everything going on in the backseat of the car <laughs> just yes driving the car. Yeah,
1: the very much do have that father-son oh yeah interaction well and the other thing I, I noticed having seen the whole series of the shows is oh gosh they do stuff like this to Hardison all the time
0: mm-hmm. yeah so I've said you know Nate and Sophia are the parents mm-hmm. Parker and Hardison are the kids and Elliot is the uncle yeah or younger so he's he, yeah he's he's, he's, not a, he's not the kid's brother yeah no maybe Elliot's like the kid brother of Nate or something but he's definitely the uncle yeah but i just i love i love scenes like that and so it's so funny because we're talking all over the episode and then i'm like oh yeah and we're just where he goes to play golf with this guy sorry <laughs> this is our conversation <laughs> they the are show. they have always been like this and that's totally fine it's a and doesn't have to be our a, to track it because our brains work
1: similarly.
0: sorry everyone else
1: yeah has normal brains
0: oh So boring, so boring. So yeah, so Nate is uh, introduces himself to the Mark as uh, something Wells, yeah, douche Nate, uh, as denoted by his hat. Nate's characters are often um, oh and gum and gum and uh, a Bloody Mary and a horrible joke about Nebraskan women and Viagra lace cornflakes. Oh my god! So if you need to know about this man, awful and
1: hilarious. It was a train wreck, and I couldn't look away. I laughed for like five because <laughs> I know exactly who he's talking about. <laughs> just, just the type of older, upper middle class white dude that loves to know
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I imagine you have met a few of those. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Hardison has hacked these golf balls so that Nate can win this round of golf. And so he I'm this
1: like, oh god, I love them.
0: And I don't know, so they didn't mention in the commentary, because, you know, there's two types of things that they do in Leverage. There are, well, there are a couple types of things that they do, but one of the big ones are the Black Box and Ledger. So Black Box are things that sound fake, but are real, like could actually happen in real life, or do happen in real life, and Ledger are things that sound real but are fake that they made up for the show and they didn't say which one this was I'm like can you actually hack a golf ball like this probably not I, I believe that Alec Hardison can do anything but <laughs> I also believe that Alec Hardison is a fictional character <laughs> in my dream world <laughs> where the bad guys get screwed over I don't win all the time no. yeah so um, so he hacks the golf balls and uh, Nate wins handily and then as Parker picks his pocket, picks Parker. Parker's pocket, she's so good. Parker like, has little scenes years. with her like being weird to the other caddies. Is so good. Parker like, what's thinks, that say?
1: I wrote Parker thinks the club cozies are puppets, and then I wrote club cozies. I think I made that up. Did I make that up, or is that what they're called?
0: I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> like, you know, you know how much I know about golf. And it all it's comes from happy. But it's
1: for the golf clubs. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's, it's totally a Golf like, cozy. I'm. I'm man, googling. Listen to this. <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna be like so googling golf cozy. I don't care if men are offended by us talking about golf <laughs> incorrectly. Cozies,
1: no. But just like our lack of knowledge about MMA and golf.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't care. Let's see. Golf yes. Club Cozy Etsy. What's gonna come up? Let's see. I definitely that was one yeah. of Yeah, him. sure. They're called golf club Cozies. Someone has knitted a ton of them. Well, they made there me you think go. Your mom. See?
1: I was like, Jamie can make
0: these She could. But um the ones that his character has are like a baboon. They're puppets. <laughs> yeah, they're straight up puppets. I would play that as well. Maybe not the Baboon one, but... Yeah, and then, it's great, because while they're, uh, you know, they, sh- they have, like, the little montage of her playing puppets, and Nate, like, drinking his Bloody Mary, and Rucker throwing his golf club in anger after his third or fourth sand trap. Oh, yeah. I know that, that guy. There's a... I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy. May have been raised by that guy. Um... They show him. They show there's a double rainbow in the background, and I got all excited. I was like, double! Uh, (laughs) Which they they, they film in Portland, yeah. So this is this is Portland for Nebraska, and I'm Uh, I'm sure there are all types of double rainbows. Saving all my
1: commentary about the problems.
0: (laughs) About the The problems.
1: the non-Midwestern
0: things that happened in this episode. Oh, if it does make you feel better before we get to that, they originally were going to have it set in Iowa, and they were like, nothing in the Portland area looks anything like Iowa. So they were like, well, the closest we could probably fake is Nebraska. Oh, and I, I love that Hardison is controlling the, the yes. golf ball with like a remote control, like a car. Like a car. car. Yes. But he's sitting in the golf clubs, like cafe like outdoor cafe in like a nice polo shirt and drinking orange soda from a fancy glass well and it's like okay
1: how do we know notice that i don't know <laughs>
0: they're they just thought oh this is an eccentric rich person who has paid sure. a lot of money and to drink exactly orange soda they would have
1: thought at
0: the country club i don't know i've never hung out in a country club but i'm i didn't want to be like rude and be like i can't believe and. Like I didn't want to be like rude to Nebraskans and, and wonder if Hardison they gave Hardison a hard time for trying to get into the country club. I'm I to in trouble. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> yes. I
1: can't
0: speak
1: for Nebraska per se
0: on this. <clears throat> oh yes. So because Parker's lift is, lifted his wallet, Rutger can't pay, and Nate just tells him, "Oh, we'll just drop off the money at his hotel later. He'll he'll trust him." And Rutgers. Not Rutger. Rutger gets back to the gym. It rhymes.
1: It rhymes.
0: I was saying, like, Rutger Hauer. It, you're saying it rhymes with fucker, which it does. Um,
1: That's why it's his name.
0: I agree. Uh, but it's not Rutger, which I keep trying to say. So he's, you know, opening the safe and, and getting the cash out. And he asks his assistant to ask someone that he knows who's in reception at the hotel If she knows anything about this Wells character But then, hey, Nate shows up at the gym With Elliot in tow And I love that Elliot is Basically the honey trap Like, instead of, like, the hot lady It's Elliot with his sweet, sweet fighting skills Well, he does have great hair He does, but I really I don't think that's what Rucker is attracted to in this scenario I
1: know, I just want to talk about Christian Kane's
0: hair (laughs) We, yes By all means, go for it
1: I think I. There's. You see when he's sweaty later that his hair is curly. Yeah. Which means that they very, very much had to have straightened his hair and it has to flip. And I think you can have a drinking game with however many times Christian Kane, Elliot, flips his hair.
0: Yes. So I think um, <laughs> as somebody with curly hair, Uh, I don't think they straighten his hair. I think his hair has a lot of wave to it. But I think when it dries, I think he, because he runs his hands through it so often to like push it back out of the way. And when you do that, it'll, it'll brush the curls out naturally. And so I really think that's just what he does. Uh, But yeah, I do. I did love that his, you could see like his curls and that amazing shot when he's in the gym at at night. And like, it's looking up at him and you're like looking through his hair. And I don't like sweaty hair, but it was, it, it did work for me. (laughs) in this instance I was okay with it so yeah so Elliot is our hunting trap and then Rucker and a bunch of his guys just corner Elliot in the parking lot and there is this terrifying moment because I I had forgotten most of this episode and you're like he could do it but is he really going to fight all 15 of these men
1: I fully expected him to and then he fights like two of them and I was a little disappointed
0: well he did three he did three he did the one guy he knocked he like punched him out like Immediately, And then you there was the guy do- he threw in the dumpster.
1: He was in character. And then there was the ginger. He was in character, so he didn't do his,
0: come on! <laughs> he was in character, so he didn't kill them.
1: That, too. That, too.
0: Though, in the last episode, I thought it was hilarious, because he fights these three mob guys who are, like, real bad at fighting. And uh, he, like, beats them up with a baseball bat. And then he apologizes. <laughs> So sorry
1: and he leaves and i just love that
0: so yeah so he takes them out and while he's fighting them parker films it on her phone and they upload it and then we get a switch over to nate and hardison hardison's telling him that um it's really easy to make a video go viral you just spoof the ip addresses so it boosts the viewer count so he's doing that so it'll you know Oh. Make it even more obvious how great of a fighter and how much of an opportunity Elliot is. Which is just laying all this groundwork. And then, okay, here we go. <laughs> Sophie is complaining to room service because everything <laughs> on her plate is yellow. Is yellow. And she can't handle slash appreciate chicken fried steak. And I'm going to say, as a texan born and bred i was gonna say are you offended (laughs) i am not offended because i don't like chicken fried steak either and as a texan i fully understand and appreciate that yeah a lot of food that you can get in texas is one color (laughs) but where
1: that joke fell apart is the fact that she is british and they have very similar Kind of country food <laughs> over there, like meat and potatoes. Yeah, I was like, um, what are you
0: a lot of in? British food is 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 gross. Yeah, it's is, is gross. Yeah,
1: like, what? I get the joke, and she's refined and you know sophisticated and watching her diet and whatever. But I thought it was a little unfair. Um, yeah, <laughs> the but. We're going to get into the Midwestern thing. The thing that drove me crazy about this whole episode is that for some reason, the show's producers seemed to believe that Nebraskans have Southern accents. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry, what now? (laughs) There are people in quote unquote, like country parts of a lot of states that have a country accent. Like, that's as far as I'm willing to stretch it. I don't know what they were doing or what type of, like, syntax and diction they were trying to get away with it, trying to make them seem more hick like. Mm-hmm. But I was like, just because they're farmers and it's the men, like, I was like, come on. Like, and
0: they're not uh, even farmers. They, like, work in factories and meatpacking plants.
1: Yeah. Well, and I don't know. Harlison's <laughs> like, even know what a corn husker is. <laughs> I, I mean, just like oh, clearly yeah. the, the creators didn't.
0: I, yeah, I, I think, and they said in the in the commentary because they did get a lot of fan mail upset uh, about that treatment, especially of the food, and they were all quick to say in the commentary that they love chicken fried steak themselves, um, but they were kind of trying to highlight that, and it, and it happens. During the con, as well, that they are, especially Sophie, a fish out of water in this scenario. Like they can, uh, you know, she can adapt to almost anything, but this is really out of her wheelhouse. And because of that, they 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 lose control of of things. And she does come around at the end. (laughs) Um, Because all you gotta do, like if she'd just taken a bite of that chicken fried steak, I'm sure she would have been okay. I mean. Um yeah, I'm just not a fan of chicken fried steak. But
1: Well, and the line that made me laugh a little bit, though, was meat shouldn't be used as an adjective. Yeah,
0: meat should never be an adjective. <laughs> also, like, how do you, what did she say? How do you peel, how do you peel pigs or peel pork or something? You don't peel don't pork. Know. When she is given the pork rinds.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm not a fan of pork rinds either.
1: A, no, 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 no. Um, yeah. Also apparently every corrupt Midwestern businessman really every corrupt businessman has to be drinking scotch.
0: Yes, that's, that's shorthand like, for businessman. Did you not know this?
1: I understand why like my husband loves scotch, sure. But we really have it on hand, not that he's a businessman. But it's like is it supposed to be a status symbol? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. It was no, one of those like, cliched moments. I was like, you guys are better than
0: this. No. I mean, I I don't think so. I think I think it is it is a status symbol for a lot like it's just shorthand.
1: Well, do they really like it? That's my question. Is do all I don't know. I don't know any
0: corrupt business really though.
1: that popular? So. I mean, I
0: don't
1: know that many people don't like scotch. Maybe I do. I don't like scotch.
0: Yeah, I do those, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those, like, manly men, even if you don't like it, you drink it, pretend you like it, because yes. it's masculine. I
1: always smell it when, when my husband drinks it, and I'm like, I always- Makes me think of the episode of Parks and Rec, when Leslie drinks the moonshine that Ron's mom, <laughs> mom is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why <what is> it? <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's what's
0: special. <laughs> <gosh. laughs> yes scotch smells like too much it's like tequila and... I don't really <laughs> yeah i do love that you were um proposing rules for a drinking game earlier though and i was like girl, you don't drink that much you got excited and sent me a picture of a peach margarita yesterday <laughs> yes
1: i've never had one before it was delicious <laughs> i drank almost none of it I was like buddy.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh you're so funny <laughs>
1: I could not uh, think clearly if I wanted to no. in order to prove how manly I am.
0: Yes. Don't worry. You don't have to prove you're a man to me. I could
1: convince uh, a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Back. Back to Rucker. No, back to Elliot setting this hook for this con because he's such a good actor. Yes. Um, He's definitely the second best actor uh, when it comes to cons. So, Sophie being the first. Uh, That's true. You know, Parker is not sure how to human yet. Partisan is so over the top with everything. <laughs> like, he's just so. Uh, and I love it 99% Sometimes of the time. It's called four. Sometimes I And I, you know, most people that he's conning just buy it hook, line, and sinker, so it's fine. Well, but but you had to play.
1: Yeah the bashful fighter down on his luck who owns the mobster money like yeah his like posture visibly changes mm-hmm. and he's much much softer and nowhere near as confident which is kind of elliot's whole shtick
0: yeah confident and gruff and like pissed off all the time
1: <laughs> yeah I, I was impressed by that too i noticed
0: that as well it's beautiful and it's it's kind of subtle you know he's not like immediately offering all the information to rucker rucker has to you know tease it out of him slowly and you know he he has to like give him this big speech about all of these guys out here they're meat you know they they come home from the meatpacking plant and they come here and they think they can be somebody and they can go to vegas and they could be on ufc um but you're different and he says like you fight like something's trying to get out of you and you think oh man is that elliot like is you know does this guy have a beat on him I don't really think he I don't think he does. But well, I it's think it's kind of close
1: because Elliot fighting is Elliot fighting. I don't think he was able to really adapt that.
0: Yeah, you you don't think he, he was he's acting up. when he fights.
1: I I did think he was picking up on something with with that whole thing. It was kind of the whole let's talk about Elliot's inner demons kind of thing mm-hmm. and they do that a lot and i think a lot of it comes from and my question too about his character was how does he not have visible ptsd because i think he does but they didn't really want to make it a thing they kind of just allude to it now and again in this episode was one of those mm-hmm. um that's a good point and also you know a lot of mma fighters have like, military backgrounds. And I I think he points that out somewhere in the episode, maybe, where he talks about these guys come home, and they've got certain skill sets, but they're pretty specific, which is why when the guy gets beaten down at the beginning, his livelihood has kind of been taken away.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Depending so strongly just on your body to do this specific kind of set of things in order to make money. It's like, I don't know. I think they could have branched off on a lot in this episode, mm-hmm. but because of they, the formula, they couldn't.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of other things to get to. Like you're, We haven't even really set the, the trap for the, the initial con yet, you know? And they could have gotten into that. And I do think, you know, sometimes uh, they'll have flashbacks of things that Elliot has done or experienced, yeah. and it's almost like that's them trying to say, yeah, this is this is his flashback, this is his kind of PTSD, but they, they don't deal with it in any serious way. And that's, I think that's because the show does try to stay a little lighthearted. Yes. You know, we only lightly touch on Parker's, you know, abusive childhood and you know, we try to move on from there, and you know, then you know, we know this about her, and now we're going to yeah. work on, on making her better and making her appreciate the and person Nate that she is. His son, like you know, we yeah, me losing his oh gosh, um, you know, and his alcoholism is probably the thing that is treated the most seriously, but then it is also treated flippantly a lot, yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's. It's not a show that's there to really dive into those you know, psychology things, but they, they do in their way a little. But meanwhile, back to the con itself. Are we getting all serious in this this episode? I like it. I like it. So, uh, Sophie is playing uh, a character named Debbie Dryland, who is a producer from Hollywood, and she's come in and Record finds out that Elliot's supposed to give her Pick her up from the airport and take her to Wells because they've got a deal that they're working out, a TV deal. And so Rucker, you know, intercepts her and tries to sweet talk her and, and into getting the deal for himself so that Wells isn't, you know, poached from him because he's found out that he's um, a fight coordinator or whatever from South Dakota. <coughs> I really love Sophie's American accent in this scene when she shows um,
1: up. Yes. I thought it was interesting that she kept using the word sweetie. Yeah. As her...
0: Who, did that, who, her oh, who does that remind me of... Oh, it reminds me of River Song.
1: Oh, um, <laughs> see, it reminds me of Penny from Big Bang Theory, because they always talk about how she says sweetie, which she's kind of being a little condescending.
0: Yeah. Well, she's super condescending to him. She's like, well, aren't you a shark? Yes. Um... Which, yeah, and so that kind of makes him chase her more. And then they have to go um, she pretends that she's there to produce a a concert, because Partisan has to find her something to produce, so she's producing a concert for this, like, Disney pop princess. And they can't say Disney princess. Um You know, the, that There's kid always channel. always
1: another girl <laughs> being turned out of the singing, dancing mill in Florida. I was like, Duh.
0: Yeah yeah
1: call a specific culture out good for
0: them <laughs> and they were saying when they were coming up with the the singer's name that they kept like making up these ridiculous ridiculous names and they would look it up and there would already have been a girl pop star with that no. name yeah and so they finally they chose a name and it was from like the sister of some character in a cartoon show i can't think of what show it was yeah so triana triana
1: which triana. is just a been on Rihanna
0: but yeah um, I don't know. but then she's very much not what you see of her um and so now we gotta go steal a, a concert which is pretty easy they um waylay the director who we already talked about who's a total asshole and Nate throws pony the love nuts. yeah ponytail cell phone which is not confused with Elliot's man bun which no. he
1: does pull off. see
0: you he even has a half man bun that's this true. one. Well, and here's <laughs> yes.
1: which I still consider a man bun, but maybe oh, yeah. that's just me. Here's the th- this is the whole thing, and maybe people can comment or whatever. You guys can help me out here because my husband believes that it's not possible for any man to pull off the man bun. I disagree.
0: Oh, well, I'll send him <laughs> some some photo ph- photographic. <laughs>
1: I don't know if photographs would do it. I tried to point out that Elliot, because he was watching this with me. I was like, look, Elliot has a man, though. Um, and Elliot's just helps look
0: up Tony Thornburg. Tony, Tony Thornburg. Thornburg. Tony Thornburg. You've seen pictures of him. He's my Darcy. Um Oh my gosh. Um, yes. He it, it's doable. I don't think it's easily doable. There's a really fine line to walk between like, yes, it's, it's seeing it, and produce. Uh But yeah,
1: we've seen some pretty, I think because we haven't seen someone pull it off successfully in person, Mm -hmm. it can't be done. And I was like, but you know, there are certain celebrities who can pull us off. Yeah.
0: And then you know what? Sometimes you're growing your hair out and it's a baby bun. And so it's not there yet. And it looks dumb. It's like when anybody's growing their hair out, there's going to be awkward lengths. True. Um,
1: Yes. I felt like that was the key. The caveat in terms of <laughs> male hairstyles, you know, yes, there's the douchey director that is required to have a ponytail, which clearly was a wig, but <laughs> Elliot can have one, and it's totally cool. Elliot has a ponytail all the time, he's Elliot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Elliot's ponytails are not about fashion, they're about, I gotta get my hair out of my exactly. face right now. His yes. bun is, I, I'm about to have a fight, I gotta get my hair up.
1: Yes he always has a hair tie
0: on his wrist <laughs> you gotta be prepared Elliot knows this and
1: then he says come on he does the finger
0: thing mm-hmm,
1: he's mm-hmm. gesturing at it
0: like, p- almost he does crazy eyes Johnny Ringo style he does
1: do crazy <laughs>
0: eyes <so. laughs> I love his crazy eyes his crazy eyes are well, angrier than Johnny sometimes Ringo's
1: sometimes it pulls me out of the show when I'm like oh you failed at that there's a guy on the originals that does the crazy face I'm like no you're trying to be Spike again from Buffy the your <laughs> vampire and you just can't pull off the crazy as well
0: oh anyway. that's fun so Da-da-da. Parker wearing her iHeart Nebraska shirt uh <laughs> ladies for the last time
1: I am not the tailback for the Cornhuskers <laughs> I don't even know what a corn
0: hustler is. (laughs) And then she just throws her corn dog. Uh, I I love that she's eating a corn dog. And they filmed that scene, like, first thing in the morning. So it's, like, really early in the morning. And poor Beth Reescraft is just, like, eating this corn dog. Which, I think corn dogs are any time of the day food. I could eat a corn dog in the morning. That's fine.
1: Um, One of your eccentricities.
0: (laughs) One of my eccentricities is that I'm, like, I'm down to eat anything whenever. (laughs) So we're watching, we're watching Crazy Rich Asians this weekend, and the main that? character they like they land in Singapore, and the fiance says, oh, "Are you hungry?" And she's like, "I'm always hungry." And Lisa leaned over and she goes, "It's you." <laughs> like yes, uh, that's yeah, that's me. That's true. Yes. Um, so Sophie is kind of being sweet talked by Rucker and very slowly being convinced that he's the guy that she wants to have a deal with uh, for this kind of cable channel fight. And she doesn't know honey, you know, Wells, you know, has a beat on getting me half of this $5,000 that I need, $500,000 that I need for my cable company to, to pay. And he's like, I can get, I can get the whole 500 grand for you. Pardon me. And he tells her she can have it tomorrow. So she's like, okay. So they shake on it. And you know, the team's like, all right, that's it. We sh- you know, we're almost done, but we should be on our way home by this time tomorrow. Which is, it's like in a horror film when someone says, I'll be right back. Like You don't say that <laughs> because you're just, you're screwing yourself. And thus we get the twist because the very next shot is Rutger, Rutger, I did it again. Rutger's assistant getting off the phone with his cousin, Jimmy. Because there's always a cousin, Jimmy, in South Dakota who knows every single, you know, fight coordinator (laughs) and fight coach in South Dakota because I guess it's a small community. Um, And I guess there are not a lot of people in South Dakota. I can only
1: imagine. Yeah, not as much. Uh,
0: And he's never heard of Nate's character, Wells. Never heard of him. And the girl from the hotel that they know. Also called to let them know that Jack Hoer visited Wells at his hotel a couple days ago. So, the jig is up. Rucker knows he's being conned. And then we have this scene that I just, I don't like it. Like, Sophie comes in to the gym to get paid. And you, you know immediately that Rucker knows that they're being conned. And she's in there by herself. And, and he brings Tank over to introduce him. And then they, like... They get all, like, loomy on her when they let her know. It's
1: immediately uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And it's even more uncomfortable when you know that Gina Bellman is pregnant.
1: Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So she, yeah, she kind of announced it to the crew in the f- when they were filming the first episode. So in this season, there's lots of jackets and handbags being held in front of her. <laughs> and, like, open trench coats.
1: But yeah, I'm not sure be... if men watching that scene would have the same visceral reaction that we would. It's one of those things. No. I mean, even her being pregnant aside, being a woman in a room oh, yeah. with two men by yourself, and then it, you know, it escalating to the point where you're immediately uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. they're in her physical space and, like you said, looming in such a way. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of situations that we're kind of hopefully trained to not be put in. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen Sophie fight several times. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean there's a reason why Nate and Elliot kind of burst through the door.
0: Well yeah, because this Save her. She's not trained to fight like they are.
1: No. You no. Know? Although the last episode <laughs> <laughs> I wanted so badly. I was like, oh, I wish I did that this episode. When she says, <laughs> Does your mother That's know? so horrible
0: it's <laughs> so great and that like cockney accent so yes. so good so good i don't
1: know where it comes from when she's upper crust but whatever she is i know
0: but um it it really helped because she was then gonna play that east london yeah. uh, mobster so it was it was it worked in perfectly but, yeah so thought, like, yeah they the,
1: um direction of this episode where things are framed a certain way was really intelligently done because there's even ways like in this scene where it's Sophie and the two guys and they're gonna hurt her in some way like the camera gets in tighter to like maybe it's just American audiences who you know we've got certain um personal space criteria that it would Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable that you might not even recognize as happening, but they use as a tool to kind of portray that this is uncomfortable. Yeah. That was really smart.
0: Yeah. And and the guy who plays Rucker, the way that he plays evil is really quiet and really contained. Yeah. He always plays that. He does. I was was like, oh, that's why I recognize him. He's the dad (laughs) from fast and furious tokyo drift oh aka the only fast and furious movie i've seen um (laughs) because i was like you know what? if i'm gonna watch any i'm gonna watch the one that i know is the worst there is
1: a very specific demographic that we do
0: not overlap with no right (laughs) um (laughs) and apparently he's from boston and he grew up like in a really rough neighborhood and, like, was involved with crime and, like, you know, picked himself out of that and now has a lucrative acting and directing career. But I'm like, yeah, you really get that vibe from him. Like, he's he's dangerous and he'll he'll do things that other people aren't willing to do. And you, he, that really comes across. So, Good. luckily, you know, they've got the comms and Nate and Elliot, you know, storm in immediately and tell them to back off. And Elliot's ready to throw down with Tank right there because... Rucker wants him to fight Tank, Uh, but he wants him to fight fight him on fight night still and throw the fight. And you know the team is not willing to, you know, sacrifice Elliot or let something bad happen to him because Mark Coeurth is never going to fight again. They, They don't want something similar to happen to Elliot, and Elliot is so sad. He's sad, like he's he's like i gotta do this like there's this is the only feasible thing we can do but well, they're like nope we're out him. we're gonna cut this, this and this is his job he can take yeah. the punishment like uh. that's what i do yeah but before even that like you know they're just like we will just we're leaving but then rucker threatens the hoer like too bad you won't be here in six months when his house burns down and then when he's dead so they've got to do something yeah uh, and Elliot, you know, he's like, this is the only thing That we can do, this is the only logical thing And then they do The the quintessential leverage shot from above Of the five of them And usually it's the five of them And they all turn and walk away And in this one it's the five And then Elliot just turns and walks away And you're like, no I'm, I don't want my family to fight No uh, But yeah, so you know, so they decide they're going to... Elliot's going to throw the fight. And then we have that great conversation, like you are saying. Sophie visits him at night while he's training and, and getting ready. You know, she's like, you don't have to do this. I know, like, the hard... You, you said the thing about this is that it's all about control. and
1: Yeah, and knowing that you're not the victim. I think a lot of the storylines with the victims of the crimes that they're trying to flip on their head um they're trying to save people from or redeem or heal somehow it's a lot about exploitation of the vulnerable Mm -hmm. and i think you don't think of mma fighters as vulnerable and i've been thinking about this episode And what they were trying to do there, other than just build up Elliot's character a little bit, and I think that's something they're trying to do, is humanize them a little bit. Um, Although it also made me think of the reason a lot of women take self-defense classes um, is to not feel like a victim. A A lot of motivation comes from women who've already been attacked or known someone who has and trying to sort of take back control because physically as a woman, it's, you don't have it mm-hmm. in tough situations like that. And there was a lot of kind of flipping things over, um, flipping things on their head here where you wouldn't have thought, Oh yeah, vulnerable character Elliot or vulnerable, vulnerable guys, you know, this community, um, these, these fighters who you think of as like the epitome of being strong. Mm-hmm. And Elliot's is going, no, no. It's a different type of vulnerability. And it was really interesting because they're not typically put that way in any kind of story.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so we have this Really great, heart to heart with the two of them, where, and he says, "You know, I'm not fighting what's what's out there; I'm fighting like what's in here." And he like points at his heart, yeah, um, which is just fascinating, and it makes you want to know even more about Elliot's character. He remains a mystery, um, I think, throughout the series,
1: which they do intentionally.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it keeps you interested, definitely. Uh, so now we've got the night of the fight and you know everybody's there and rucker is checking to make sure his bet was placed and his assistant tells him you know no local bookies would take that kind of action so he had to place it between several online bookies and he's like that's cool as long as you know this way not just one guy like i can't be screwed over by one guy and then he tells tank um well and he says uh yeah and and this is definitely gonna be fine because I've got insurance. And then he tells Tank to break every bone in Elliot's body, which oh my god. Uh, yeah. But then I love <laughs> uh, Elliot like refuses to go down easily at first. You think he's you know he's gonna throw a fight, but he starts just beating the crap out of Tank almost immediately. And Nate even tells him you know two rounds don't make it don't make it look easy or something. Um, yeah. but then he starts acting woozy and tank starts beating the crap out of him and then nate opens up his water bottle and smells it and and sophie accuses rucker of of drugging the water bottle uh you know and saying yeah. hey he said he was gonna throw he said he was gonna throw the fight why would you do that and he's like because i don't want you guys to con me you're con artists
1: uh, yeah, that made me think again of you know who's normally roofied women.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure who's women are as well. But... We have to check. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's really true. Um. Yeah, and then so Sophie is going off on him. She's like, "You don't get it. Like this, Elliot has to hold himself back from killing people. Like his training. Yeah, he's a survivor. He's a survivor. Like, and then we, then Elliot just like." hulk's out yeah and he's just like <laughs> yes and he's just beating the crap out of this man and he's got him in the the um triangle holds that he showed uh partisan and parker earlier and you know he won't let go of this guy and the, the doctors they're like trying to pull him off and it's great like somebody comes up i don't know if it's the ref or the doctor and he just like smacks him with his hand <laughs> he doesn't get that he just goes uh eh. Get away. I'm, I'm busy killing a man. And, uh, you know, they finally pull them off each other. And the doctor from earlier jumps up and he's checking Tank, who's unconscious. And he, he gives him some shot. Uh, and I'm like, oh, maybe that's adrenaline. That's a weird way to inject in- adrenaline. Um, and then he's like, Tank's dead. You know, they try to get, every- they get everybody out. And then he announces that Tank is dead. And... There's, like, a really quick shot of Elliot, and his face is, like, kind of just crumbled. He's just, like, oh, my gosh. And everybody's freaking out. The the doctor wants to call the police, and Rucker says, no, you can't do that. And he's, like, I have to. Like, I there were witnesses. There's a dead body. Like, and then he goes, and you're not family, which I thought was was really – because this whole episode, the, um. the team is screwed over because they don't know – they don't realize the importance of like familial ties and like small town relationships. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they're outed for not being real fight people because of cousin Jimmy in South Dakota, you know, they, they're outed as working with the victim because of, you know, they know a girl at the hotel and, and then that this kind of, it can work in your favor in a small town setting and it can work against you because this doctor's like, I'm not willing to cover up a murder for you. You're not family. And I'm like, ooh. and he says it really fast. And then a the guy's like, yeah, um, you call the cops. I'm gonna go call the gaming commissioner. And then he's just trying to split town. And yeah. and the second that he's out of the parking lot, um, then we find out like the final twist of of this plot and it's that tank is not really dead (laughs) he's been shot up with a mild paralytic and he'll be back back around in just a few minutes because the doctor's real family is of course mark and jack Howarth, his cousins um and those are people that he would be willing to help so when nate got a hold of him uh you know he was like, "Yeah, sure. I'll make this guy seem dead for five minutes." Um, and then, yeah, they they knew or they suspected that Rucker would do the same thing that he had done with Mark, and you know, taint the water bottle. So they checked that ahead of time. And you can even see in the background during the fight, Nate already has the water bottle in his hand, and he's like playing with it with his like playing with the the cap of it. Yeah. Um, and then in the next the next time it comes back to him he's opening it and smelling it he's like just waiting for the right time
1: yeah that's not surprising when he thinks of every detail Mm -hmm. and every step of the way i did like the ending of the episode where they give the gym over to um mark the fighter from the beginning Mm -hmm. and he's just kind of dumbfounded that they would give it to him Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful kind of healing thing where he still gets to use his skills. It's so redemptive and lovely, like mm-hmm. he gets to make it into this positive thing instead of this poisonous culture that had trapped so many people. I thought that mm-hmm. was really beautiful.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I agree. It's you know, he he had the look on his face when he's like, You you mean I'm you want me to be in charge? Yeah. And and, you know, Elliot says, they're fighters like you. Just treat them with respect. Treat them like you. And, yeah, don't treat them like pieces of meat, like Rucker did. And you know that they're going to, and they're so sweet. The dad and the son, like, hug at the end. and So good. I love... Uh, my favorite part at the end is the uh, the saxophone in the trunk <laughs> with all the guns. <laughs> Why, Parker? Why? She's so odd. She's like, I need, I need guns. And that reminded me... No. Oh, is it time? Okay. Um, that reminded me of Brooklyn Nine-Nine when they go to Florida, and they like they're like, "We don't have any guns because we're undercover," and they just oh, go gosh. buy a ton of guns. And yes. they they're like, "Oh, the government database is down. You don't need a background check. Take least all the guns."
1: Fairly accurate. Of oh, yeah. Certain midwestern areas where guns are well loved. Oh, yeah, um, you could buy a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, a whole I... conversation mm-hmm. um, subtle mm-hmm. commentary that I felt like a lot of the commentary was not fair but that one was <laughs> you're like oh yeah, yeah. but yeah
0: um, yeah okay well okay really really quick before you go um, so that was the end of the episode obviously and it closed with Sophie coming around to pork rinds which is great <laughs> I wish she had offered some to Elliot who was like right behind her, but no. Um. <coughs> so something from not totally different. I wanted to find a, a heist to talk about, but that <laughs> was not super far removed. So this takes place not in Nebraska, but in Fayette County, Georgia, <laughs> where and this came out August 15th. Um, where Fayette County officials have confirmed reports regarding a $98,000 ramen noodle heist.
1: Yes! I like, why? So
0: it says, while well, some outlets, reporting the investigation, involved a string of robberies, including multiple car break-ins and one motorcycle theft. Uh, this uh, outlet has been told that's not the case. The noodles were stolen from a trailer parked at a Chevron um, in Fayetteville. There have been no updates on the heist as of that Wednesday. It's just like, if the police report did not specify the brand of noodles. Why? <laughs> and says, fun fact, a single packet of Maruchan, Maruchan ramen typically costs less than 30 cents at your local grocery store. With yes. $100,000, one could devour More than 300,000 noodle-packed meals Though such a regiment Would not likely be You've got to think Like some pot-smoking
1: bandits the
0: munchies <laughs> Pot-smoking
1: bandits
0: I'm imagining the pot-smoking bandits Of Fayetteville, Georgia And I love them um, Okay Quick question before we go if you were to steal in a heist $98,000 of anything food product what would you pick? Chocolate. (laughs) Okay. I totally thought you were going to say Nutella. Oh. See, so I was thinking on it and I was like, well it couldn't be anything perishable. It would have to be something that would not go bad because I'm not selling these things that I'm going to sell $98,000 worth of. I'm going to eat them all.
1: Eat them. Yep, I would just stock off on my favorite chocolate and always have some when I wanted some. I I'd probably weigh a thousand pounds,
0: oh, but I'd, I'd be definitely
1: happy me. with my chocolate.
0: Yeah. I'm, um I mean I wouldn't find it in Fayetteville, Georgia, but I would sell ninety-eight thousand dollars worth of Tin Tams. Right. With right. your chocolate. But I also like your coffee. I like the coffee thing.
1: I mean, you could all, get all different kinds of coffee. Who says it has to be one brand?
0: And I mean, if it's really nice coffee, I don't think $98,000 would actually be that much.
1: No. Maybe uh, wine? You get,
0: a, you get like a big... Oh, yeah. I mean, with some wines, that not... Yeah, wine's a good one. There's an episode sure. of beverage where they steal wine. I would. It's something that would have to be
1: on the treat yourself list. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, not just like chocolate, like sheets but like oh, okay. yeah. I want some
0: lint chocolate. I want the fanciest I want the darkest.
1: Waste chocolate. No, not dark chocolate. It's a whole debate. We can have
0: another time. Yes, dark chocolate all the way. I'm
1: talking milk and chocolate. Dark chocolate. I'd be angry if no. ninety eight thousand dollars worth of dark chocolate.
0: Oh my god, I would I would immediately turn around and take it back. It was ninety eight thousand dollars worth of milk chocolate. You're crazy.
1: Because it's so close to being perfect. And then it's not. It well it's so angry. perfect. It's like
0: dry and angry and it doesn't want you to like it, and so then I have to like it.
1: Oh, no, that yeah. is so you. I know. <laughs> it's I know. Just perverse contrary <laughs> creature.
0: It's true. Obstinate headstrong girl. It me
1: yes i will All give right. you your version of
0: that
1: <laughs> perverse contrary
0: to that <laughs> i'm gonna needlepoint that on a pillow. do it that's <laughs> on my new twitter bio okay holly thank you so much for being on let's go steal a podcast will yes. you come back one day yes
1: maybe for an episode i know more about
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well look through look through episode descriptions and tell me what you'd like and if it's not one that's already been called by somebody i would give you first tips awesome all right so that's it for this episode of let's go solo podcast you won't see us but you'll hear us again in two weeks when we talk about the order 23 job